welcome to the Words of Grace podcast, where we seek to clarify, amplify, and apply the Sunday morning sermon at Grace Community Church. From time to time, we'll address other topics. We hope these podcasts help you press the Word of God into your everyday life. Good afternoon. Today is February the 13th, and I'm with Scott Patty, another Words of Grace podcast. Good afternoon, Justin. Good afternoon. We are... In First Peter, and it has been a delight. I think we could stop here and say yesterday was just terrific, yeah. being with God's people in that mm-hmm. room and mm-hmm. singing. And I always, it's funny. I will talk to people, Scott, after the end of the service, and they always go, "Man, I mean, the the songs. It, it seemed like it all just connected mm-hmm. beautifully." Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes they think that that we sit in a room and we do, we have some thought, but you know, but it, but it's sometimes it's even, it goes, I think it, it like the spirit is at work yeah. in a beautiful way because it even connects greater than maybe you think on paper. Yeah. You know? I may have said this before. I don't know, but I, I find that when you're thinking about a Bible passage, mm-hmm. um, lines out of hymns or, or, mm-hmm. or songs, worship songs, lines stick out so like you could sing it you could sing a song Mm. and it's got a lot in there you know the three or four verses and a chorus and Mm. and uh different lines of theology and encouragement and that sort of thing but based on based on the sermon text Mm -hmm. the passage in the bible different lines stick out at different times and i think that's what people are experiencing yeah it's not like wow that's the perfect song for that verse or or that passage well yeah and that would also be the perfect song for another passage right because it has other lines in it that that pop that you know the 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 text of scripture the the word of god makes the lines of the songs stand out Mm -hmm. and i think that's what we that's what we're experiencing which is wonderful that's the way it should be yeah you know the worship yeah is centered on the word and and includes singing and prayer and response yeah. um, because um, and all that works together as as mm-hmm. we're as we're worshiping God yeah yeah, yeah so it's great I think one of the songs we sang on Christ a solid rock I stand you know on Sunday and man when we talked about first uh, Peter uh, 113 setting our hope fully on yeah. Christ yeah. Man, you look back at that song and it just it is illuminated. That's right. In a lot larger way. That's so, right. So I set that up a little bit. Um, so we were in First Peter one in verse thirteen. So give us a little bit of an overview from Sunday. Okay. You, well, I know you went back to, to mm-hmm. verse three. Yeah. Kind of then went all the way. We read verse three all the way to thirteen. Yeah, because verse thirteen opens with the word therefore. Mm-hmm. So that means what he's about to say is based on something that he's already said. Mm-hmm. Two things I pulled out that he had already said is he had already talked about the greatness of salvation and the situation of the people. Mm-hmm. And so God's mercy and grace in salvation that, that caused these people to be born again to a living hope. Mm-hmm. And so they are, they are God's people. They, they are what we would just call in the most simplest way possible Christians. But they're also in this world as sojourners, Mm -hmm. and so they are going to have various trials and testings of faith. So that's the groundwork. And then he says, therefore, since you are saved by God's grace, but also sojourners in the world, Mm -hmm. prepare your minds for action, be sober-minded, and set your hope 
fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so the, the exhortation is keep salvation in your mind. You know, don't ever let it, don't, don't lose a grip on it. Keep, be centered there. Be realistic about your sojourning in this world. And then he's going to go on and say, pursue holiness, but always set your hope mm-hmm. on what is to be brought to mm-hmm. you, which is the completion of your salvation, the completed grace of God, the, the full experience of the grace of God at the coming of Christ. Yeah. So it was an exhortation to set our hope there, which people would say, well, does that leave us with no hope now? Not at all. We set our hope on the grace that will be brought to us, mm-hmm. and that is our present hope. Right. It is that setting our hope there that pulls us along in hope mm-hmm. so that we will be faithful to Christ. Hope then becomes living. It becomes a power, a motivator, a reason yeah. to pursue holiness mm-hmm. as we're awaiting the full grace of, of salvation yeah. when Christ returns. Yeah, which is what you, you said on Sunday. You know, This is setting up the rest of the letter. Yeah, that's right. I mean, everything's going to flow out of when we get to something. We're going to be able to point back to, I would assume, to this verse and say that's when your hope yeah. is fully set here mm-hmm. and this is how it works itself out in your life. That's right. You can be yeah. faithful to God. You can be, you can be a faithful sufferer. You can be faithful in your circumstances oh. to pursue God in holiness yeah. because you know, you're absolutely sure that you are, you are a child of God. You are born again. You have an, an inheritance in heaven. And that, that the fullness of that, the full experience of that will be ours when Christ returns. Yeah. So press on. Yeah. Yep. Oh, good. Well, the question I want us to talk about today on our podcast, it was, you know, in, in your sermon, you were speaking to how the grace, setting our hope fully on the grace of God mm-hmm. and on what Christ has done for us and, and, and what is to come, mm-hmm. setting our hope fully there how it can be a corrective in two ways. It can correct and help us to not think we're going to be receiving all of the benefits of salvation now in this life Mm -hmm. and how we're not going to relieve all of the suffering in this life now Mm -hmm. and how that setting our hope fully on what is to come will correct those Mm -hmm. two things. Can you expound on that just a little bit, talk a little more about that, amplify that a little bit for us and, and, and kind of why that was, what what were you thinking in that? Okay. Well, I'll start, and then you yeah. interrupt me if you yeah. want me to go another direction, uh, be, because I'm not sure exactly how to amplify it, but uh, I think I'll start this way. Um, hope. Uh, we might hope that we can come to a place in life where all of the trials and testings and sufferings, Peter talks a lot about sufferings, are no more. Mm-hmm. And, and so that would be a hope. I hope. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you do that and you make that your goal, the relief, that was the word we said, the yeah. relieving, the relief of trials and tribulations and testings and sufferings. If that's your goal, then you got to figure out how to get it done. Mm-hmm. And if you're not careful, if that's your goal, you'll use whatever means possible to get it done. Mm-hmm. And you and you, you could even start using means that are sinful, right? Okay, we're sinners, mm-hmm. and we're going to reach to whatever gets us relief, mm-hmm. even if we're not careful. Even if we're, even if it is sinful, yeah. When it, a more sober-minded approach is, I'm not going to be able to relieve all of my sufferings and trials. In fact, God is using my trials mm-hmm. to test my faith, to yeah. purify it. 
to, to, so that, that when Christ returns, it, my faith will be found mm-hmm. to be pure. So rather than using whatever means possible, sinful means, to relieve my suffering or my trials, I just submit to God in them mm-hmm. and say, use these, Father, in your wisdom, your love, your power, use these to make me more like Christ so that I will not go into to illegitimate means mm-hmm. of, of, of relieving them. Okay. So, you know, we can, you can think of probably a, 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 yeah. I don't know, hundreds of examples of, of the way that even Christians, I'm not talking here primarily about people who don't know Christ. I'm talking, but, but it is real there too. People who don't know Christ are always setting their hope yeah. on, on sinful things that will relieve suffering. I'm talking here about Christians that grow to accept sinful things as a way of relieving suffering, rather than seeing these sufferings as trials and testings mm-hmm. of our faith mm-hmm. that God uses to conform us to, his, to the image of His Son. Yeah. Now, quickly, I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again. We should be trying to relieve some sufferings in this world. There are legitimate ways to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, there are physical sufferings in this world, and God has given us, you know, medicine and technology uh, and and just common grace means the the use of resources to go to places and to fight hunger and to you know to relieve physical illnesses and human suffering. Let's do that. Of course, we, yeah. we can. Do, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when Christians start to think that the primary goal in their lives is to remove all trials and tribulations. That often they will do sinful things to get it right. done and they yeah. will accept that as yeah. the norm or as okay as long as it relieves suffering good and yeah and i remember you did say that that's a good clarification too and i so what i'm hearing you say again it's not that we don't go like you said try to fight hunger but but it's it's if we could use that example what i'm hearing you say is but getting to the place where the goal of relieving all of the hunger in the world and not it would be. Are you saying that would be a step too far? Like that is the only goal? No, I, I think I'm referring. That's a bad example. Well, but. I think I'm referring more to like um, let's let's take psychological suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, I mentioned I mentioned issues of sexuality and gender yesterday okay. in the sermon. Um, and what I have come to see, and I think not me, I mean others. This is not I'm, this is yeah. not unique to me, I'm sure. But but I think what we are coming to see is that Christians are becoming more and more um, ex- accepting of, of, uh, of sexual sin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and be- because they say that it, it relieves the suffering of people, mm-hmm. either loneliness or sexual uh, confusion or gender confusion. We'll say, well, what's wrong with these things if, if it helps people not suffer anymore psychologically? Okay, that helps. Yeah. But but the world is you're not going to be able to end that and we shouldn't we shouldn't do sinful things and accept sinful things in order to relieve mm-hmm. psychological suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, many addictions start out with people trying to relieve psychological suffering. Mm-hmm. And so they reach for uh, substances. Right. And, and they become addicted to it. When when we would say no, let's let's back up and find other resources in Christ to, to help us there. Right. You know, um, friendships break up because they're challenging and they become 
trials in our lives. We say, I can't have that. It's a hardship. I'm just going to break. Marriages break up because they become challenging and there are trials in marriages and people don't, they don't, they like, they can't see, even Christians can't see what God is doing in their lives through that. And they, and they are quick to, now again, that, that doesn't mean that all, all marriages in that way. Some right. marriages end because a, a partner sins grievously and the marriage is broken. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm talking about. Right, I'm talking right. about people who are Christians and, and yet they can't comprehend that their marriage would be filled with trials and tribulations. Right. And, and they're quick then to, to try to relieve that by going in a sinful way. Right. And so there's all kinds of examples. And so I don't want to get, you know, we can keep going. We don't have time for that, but that's the point I was trying to make is that if we're setting our hope on relieving all of our trials and tribulations and solving and fixing everything and not seeing that those very trials are used to purify our faith and, and, and therefore we're not setting our hope on the grace that's been revealed to us, uh, that will be brought to us, which is the ultimate relieving of all suffering. Yeah. We got to set our hope there, not here. Then we will, we can go off into these sinful directions. I hope that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that does. That makes sense. And then you also went the route of, you know, a corrective of saying that we won't receive all of the salvation now. And how do you see that playing yeah. out? Okay. Now? Another, another thing that I, that I've noticed in uh, many strands of theology and many, uh, maybe what we would call models of discipleship, is that people would think that whatever salvation is in its in its fullness, uh-huh. that we ought to be able to have that now, uh-huh. and um, it's it's a it can be a similar thing to relieving all suffering, but it's more about receiving all salvation, and and uh, schools of thought, discipleship, uh, you know, church thought, theology, and all that that think that you're going to get. All of it now, the completion of salvation now, can really become uh, bondage kinds of things. You, you, you know, in other words, well, when when Christ returns, it, it, the grace of God that will be brought to me is that I will no longer struggle mm-hmm. with indwelling sin. Mm-hmm. It'll be done. Well, if I think that's going to happen today, mm-hmm. I'm going to get super discouraged. Yeah as I'm fighting my own indwelling sin. Mm-hmm. And I might assume that I'm not a Christian in the first place. Yeah. You know, when, when really, I think older, older believers, saints of previous generations understood that the moment you become a Christian and you actually start to fight the indwelling sin, it gets harder. Yeah. The temptations seem to increase yeah. because you're actually fighting now. But if you think that your full salvation of doing away with indwelling sin completely and you never are tempted again if you think that's for now you're i mean you're just going to quit you're going to give up that that's not the reality in anybody's life anybody that says they have they have matured beyond any sense of of fighting and struggling with indwelling sin is just i don't know what to say about that yeah so that's an an example yeah that's good um you know uh uh when when christ returns um the church there will be no there, there will be no hardship uh, in our relationships with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if if we assume that we're going to get all that fixed right now, again, once again, we're going to go very, very discouraged or try yeah. to figure out some other alternate explanation as to why it's not happening instead of hoping for the grace to come and pursuing holiness now. Yeah. Yeah. So... Here's the last question we can end with this here is, is I could hear someone that's maybe listening and saying, okay, 
you know, my suffering will be fully removed in the trials when Christ comes again. Mm -hmm. And I will fully understand the fullness of my salvation and redemption when Christ comes again. Mm -hmm. So why, why pursue that now? Like why, why, like I just just sit on my couch and you know what? I'll just, you know, I'll just hold on until it comes, you know, sitting on your couch and holding on is not the way of the new birth. Okay. Uh, Peter started by saying, you've been born again to a living hope. Mm -hmm. When you are born again, you have hope. Mm -hmm that you will be with Christ in eternity. When he returns, you'll be conformed to his image. Uh, the, the struggle will, will be no more. Uh, the fullness of salvation will be yours. And when you've got your hope there, it becomes alive in you. Mm-hmm. It's a living hope. It becomes a motivator. Okay. It becomes a reason to pursue that, that, that state which that will be brought to you. When, when Christ returns, Full grace of conformity to Christ and enjoyment of God will be yours completely. The living hope sets you on the course of conforming to that image yeah. of Christ and enjoying God now. Yeah, okay. So it's it, the reason you don't just sit on your couch mm-hmm. and wait for the, you know, wait it out mm-hmm. and, and, and live a life that is, that is undisciplined mm-hmm. and, and not pursuing holiness is because that's not the way of the new heart. Yeah. The new heart has the Word of God written in it and mm. the Spirit of God living in it, and it presses on knowing that the fullness is to come. Yeah. So I'm hearing you say, just like setting our hope fully on the grace that is to come is a corrective, it is also a motivator yes. for our current life to pursue Him, kind of like the Pilgrim's Progress. It sets yeah. us on that journey of, okay, now we're moving towards That's right. what's to come. That's right. Y- yes. Amen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm telling you, if if you're listening to this and you weren't able to listen to the sermon, maybe you were out of town or sick, and you haven't, I would encourage you to go back listen to the sermon because, uh, as as you said, Scott, on Sunday, this is setting us up for the rest of the letter. I yeah. mean, it's it's going. This is an anchor that we will return to. Yeah. Uh, for the rest of the letter, so thank you again, and we look forward to another week. Okay. First Peter. Thanks. Thanks.